are continuing our series on the idea of renewal. And last week, Joel introduced that series. And so this is the second installment. He asked two questions or had two thoughts. How do we cultivate a longing for renewal? And what would renewal look like in our community? Um, And so today we're going to be, so last week was worship, and today is prayer, uh, how prayer connects to experiencing renewal. And I honestly feel a a little bit silly uh, being the one to say anything or to try to say anything about prayer because I was was thinking of an analogy. So I I know how to drive a car, but but I'm not a race car driver. and so I, I know how to pray, but, but I'm, not, I'm not good at it. Um, I, I don't feel particularly in, inclined in my prayers. Sometimes they feel weak. Sometimes it feels just like a useless religious exercise of no meaning or no value. But I, I have prayed before. I, I know how to pray. I know how to drive a car. I know what's involved in race car driving. I've, 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 I've raced on a go-kart track. Um, I bump, I draft, I do all those things, but I'm, I'm not a race car driver. So I feel kind of like that. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a prayer, um, prayer warrior. What, what is the phrase? Um, so if you're, if you're like that, or wherever you are on the spectrum, uh, first of all, let's, let's not feel like, oh, I'm a horrible person, I'm terrible as a Christian, and I am just defeated. Let's just accept it. <laughs> accept that we're terrible. <laughs> but wherever you are in the spectrum, I want to connect it to the idea that there's something that Scripture says about it. And so if you are a Christian, or, or if you're on your way to being a Christian, wherever you are, there's something, I think, for you in the fact that Jesus spoke about prayer. and He gave a very sort of simple um, idea of prayer. And so wherever you are on the spectrum, I I think there's something to be um, encouraged about. Seems like we should pray now, so I'll I'll pray, and then you'll all see how bad I am. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'm not terrible. You know what I mean. Uh, Lord, we ask for your help. Uh, we, We do pray. Uh, we seek to have faith. We seek to exercise faith that prayer is meaningful, that you hear our prayers, that you answer um, in one way or another. And so help our faith when it is weak. And may we base our prayers, our desire to see prayer Come real on your enduring word and promise. In Christ's name, amen. So there are so many questions about prayer that are just going to remain unanswered. Um, I was thinking, you imagine uh, the scenario where you're getting married. And what do you pray for? What, what do the bride and groom pray for? Like, if you're getting married outside especially, you pray for a sunny, beautiful day, right? But what about if it's kind of 
late in the summer season and it's been dry and you're a farmer. That Friday night, you're like, I need rain for my crops. So the farmer is praying. The wedding couple is praying. And they're praying in the opposite direction, right? How does all that work out? I, I, I don't know. Those sorts of questions are going to have to remain unanswered. What about the idea of what, whatever you ask in my name, I will, I will do that, right? Jesus said something to that effect. Um, of course, we've all had prayers that have seemed to gone, have gone unanswered. When I was thinking about this, a, a lot of things came to mind. But the biggest one was when we had our children were little. They didn't sleep, like ever. They, they, they never slept. And we would just pray, like, like desperately, for them to sleep. It, it never worked. And, I, I mean, they sleep now, but... I don't consider that an answered prayer. I, I just consider that like in, inevitable. I mean, they had to sleep, but it was horrible. Like, I think there were times where we hallucinated because we were so tired. Uh, and it was not just one kid. It was all of them. And it was really brutal. And I even got to the point where I was like, I don't believe in prayer because this is not working. I need, I, I need this to work, and it's not working. Um, it was really – I mean, I'm – serious it was a challenge to my faith like i was <laughs> there were points i think god is not real like i can't sleep he's not real um that was my conclusion so we've all been in some situation like that right unanswered longings like a yearning for something that is good and wholesome and right and it doesn't it never comes um despite our prayers so that's a big challenge to faith i don't know how that works out um, all to say that there's a lot about prayer that we uh, are just not going to be able to discuss, and even if we could discuss it, it, it wouldn't necessarily be resolved. But here's where I do think we can have some sort of um, direction, guidance, resolution. And so, as we go throughout the sermon, if you get lost, if I lose you, or if you wander off, here, here's what we're going to focus on: prayer is. Exercising faith that heaven and earth should be as one. So, so I'm trying to make it simple. Um, exercising faith that heaven and earth should be as one. And, and then additionally, because we are created for heaven, prayer can bring, bring about renewal. So exercising faith that heaven and earth should be as one. And because we are created for heaven, prayer can bring renewal. And where I want to focus this is uh, based upon um, what Jesus taught in the prayer known as the Lord's Prayer um, from Matthew chapter 6. And specifically, he said several things in there. Uh, You're probably familiar, but specifically he said, Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. So your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So prayer is exercising faith that heaven and earth should be in, as one. 
And then Jesus is teaching, pray, you know, for God's will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that's where I'm getting that idea. But why, why do we need prayer? Why do we um, need there to be this more recognized sense of the relationship between heaven and earth? Well, it's because there's a divide between heaven and earth. And th- there are two different realities that seem to be in existence, and there's a gap between them. And at times, heaven and earth, they seem to overlap, but there's always this discrepancy. And people and cultures have always felt this problem. They've always felt this is not the way it should be. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a problem here not the way it should be. And that's just how it's going to be until, in some form or fashion, until Jesus returns. Because there's the heavenly reality and the earthly reality. They they are overlapped, but they are not totally congruent. And that's where we live. We live in this like crazy, incongruent existence. To where sometimes things make sense. Like, that's a heavenly reality. Things are the way they should be. But a lot of times they're not. So as I said, humans have always felt this discrepancy. We see this in belief systems. We see this in writings. So just as an example, ancient idolatry, ancient idol worship. That's an attempt by ancient religious practice to access the divine realm from this earthly place. They needed to, they they saw this is not working this doesn't seem right. How do I gain access to the heavenly existence? And so that's, that's the heart from where ancient idolatry practices and even idolatry that happens in the world today in different cultures and societies, that's, that's, that's the emphasis of what they're trying to go for. Uh, the Tower of Babel, uh, a story that a lot of us are familiar with. I'm also convinced a lot of us don't really understand. But that was an attempt... And I can, I can tell you more about this if you want to know. That was an attempt to bring heaven to earth. That, that it, what, it's often portrayed as like, let's get up to heaven. But, but really the idea was, but how can we bring heaven down to earth? Because they, they recognized there was, a, there was a problem. There was a, a, a discrepancy between how things should be and how things were. A third one, one you may be familiar with, the book of Job. You have this heavenly realm. You even have this earthly realm. And it's discussed in the book of Job in the first chapter where you have this cosmic, uh, this picture of this cosmic wager that's being cast between the adversary and between the Lord. You know, would, would Job curse God if all of his blessings were removed? That's what the adversary said to God. He'll curse you. Take everything away and then see, see how much he worships. He won't. He'll curse you instead. They, they had this bet that they were doing. Job was completely unaware of it. If you read it, like that's the idea. He had no idea that that like, bet was going on over in this corner. He's just suffering. And he's pleading and he's asking, why is this happening to me? I don't deserve this. And it's all because of this bet. Seems a little bizarre. Um, quite fascinating how it's all worked out. But the idea being that, they, that there was this clear divide 
between the heavenly realm and the earthly realm. And then finally, a famous quote, um, seems like every three weeks at least, someone needs to quote from C.S. Lewis here. <laughs> C.S. Lewis said this, and he's, he's zeroing in on this divide. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most plausible explanation is that we were made for another world. Right, so that's his attempt to capture this idea that we all intuitively understand this place is, is not all there is. And I, I would argue that every culture articulates that in some form or fashion and tries to rectify it. So there's a divide. All of that to say there's a divide between the heavenly reality, the heavenly realm, the earthly reality, the earthly realm. Sometimes there is overlap. And this is why we pray. To, to see and experience and to call for there to be more and more and more overlap. So, prayer. I, just two pretty quick points. Asking God to bring more heaven upon the earth. To close that divide. So if you think about Jesus uh, when he came, in reality, he was heaven coming to earth, right? So we think about the Christmas story. Uh, we think about the holy birth, how that set in motion. This, this great unification, right? God's eternal redemptive plans to bring this, these, these two aspects of existence back into sync with one another. So that his prayer may what happens on heaven happen on earth. So that would be a final, ultimate, true all eternal reality. Jesus, when he came, that's what started to happen. That, that was very much, in a tangible way, set into motion. And so, as he walked around, miracles happened. Uh, he granted forgiveness of sins. He heard the Father's audible voice. All of these were things that happened routinely in heaven, and here they were, they were being manifest on the earth in this like sort of unforeseen capacity. It hadn't really happened like that before. And people were fascinated by that, and they were drawn to it, or they were repulsed by it, right? But that's, that's one way we can think about Jesus' time on earth, is that he was like the place where, where heaven and earth met. And, and where he walked was like, it was a sanctified sort of existence. And whoever came into contact with it what was, was sanctified in response to it. So like you think about the woman with the bleeding disorder, right? In, in, in the like Old Testament era, that was like just symbolic of like impurity. What, what, what happens? He, he, she, she touches just his garment and she's healed, right? That's a heavenly reality being manifest on the earth. There's this total congruence that takes place. So, when we pray in Jesus' name, and one way to think about that is that we are calling for heaven to come to earth. We're, we're calling for the things that happened when he was on the earth physically to be made known now. So, we, we ask for physical healing. Right? May, the, may, the, may what is broken be made whole. 
Because what is in heaven is whole. It's wholesome. It's not broken. It works. It functions. When we pray, um, maybe we pray as a church for the gospel to advance. What, what we're asking is that may, may worship be known in places, all in all places as it is in heaven. May the worship that happens in heaven happen in all the earth. That's what we're asking for. We're asking for this heaven and earth to align. When you pray for your kids to follow Jesus, what we're praying is may they, may they live out their heaven-shaped life on this earth. That's what, that's what we're praying for. We're, we're asking for this confluence of heaven and earth to come together. When you pray for your marriage, we're praying may these earthly relationships that sometimes are just a total disaster, depending on the day, depending on the hour, depending even on the minute. May these earthly relationships reflect the great heavenly perfect love that Jesus has for his church. That's that's what we're praying ultimately. We're praying for that heavenly reality to become completely true in that earthly relationship. When we pray for wisdom, we pray for the wisdom of heaven to push back the foolishness of earthly-minded humanity. Um, I don't know about you. I feel like the last year and a half, in a lot of different ways, has just been a a parade of foolishness, right? Um, In so many different ways and in so many different articulations. And there's been an absence of clear wisdom being spoken and pushing that back. So we pray for wisdom that earth would be seen on heaven. Rather, heaven would be seen on earth. So prayer is asking God to bring more heaven upon earth, to close that divide. But also as we seek um, and ask for this alignment to take place through prayer, we are also being aligned, I think, ourselves. We're, we're being renewed. We have the opportunity to experience renewal. And this alignment brings comfort and it brings perspective Comfort comes because we can recognize that as we gather together to pray, as we ask for others to pray for us, comfort comes because we recognize God has not left us on our own. Um, He gave us the spirit. He taught us to pray. He didn't just like, you know, kick kick us outside and say, good luck. I'll see you on the other side. But he, he's, he's with us. And we see that through the prayers of other people. Um, we see that through experiencing and understanding God's spirit dwells among us. And we see that as, as we see the spirit working around us. 
And this is a great comfort. So sometimes it feels like we're in a like very dank, dark prison. So the other night, Katie and I watched a movie. It's really fascinating, I thought. She was depressed by it. So you figure that out um, in your own sort of perspectives. If you watch this movie, it's called The Courier. And it's about, based on a true story, loosely, as I found out, uh, a guy named Greville uh, Wyatt, uh, Greville Wynn, rather, a uh, British guy who was recruited by the British Secret Service to um, help a spy in Russia in 1962 to smuggle documents to the West so that the United States and Britain could understand everything that was going on with uh, the Soviet Union's nuclear arsenal, right? During the Cuban Missile Crisis, it was crucial to have the information that they smuggled out. Anyway, it's a long story, really interesting movie, um, well done, I think, but he gets captured by the Russians. He gets arrested. He goes to his prison, and just horrible conditions. I mean, he had a little bucket in the corner where, you know, he's supposed to go to the bathroom. It was dark. It was cold. They shaved his head. He was starving. It was like broth. It was like oily water with, like, one blueberry in it. It was just terrible. Um, he was there for, like, a year, and they let his wife visit. He got to see his wife. And it was like such a breath of fresh air. Like everything else just dissipated. All of his suffering, all of his struggle of his existence for the past year in this prison. It was such a breath of fresh air. And I think that's sometimes what prayer is supposed to be. When we connect it to this situation of we're calling heaven to earth here. And it feels like we're in a prison sometimes, and the conditions are terrible. We look around, and we're just like, what in the world? Everybody has lost their mind, including myself, it feels like. But we're comforted by God is, by the fact that God is here, and he's renewing. He's working. And we get to participate in that through prayer. But it also brings, so it aligns us in that way, in the way that it provides comfort. It also aligns us in the way that it brings perspectives. It brings perspective. Because we can see that our struggles, when we come together with others to pray, ask for prayer, we see that our struggles are not just disjointed, unique experiences. They're not unique they're not disjointed because other people have struggles as well. And, and th- that's helpful to see because sometimes it feels like we're on an island, right? That we're the only person in the world that has a hardship. Simultaneously, maybe we're the only person in the world that feels like um, we, get, we get blessed on occasion, right? You look around, everyone else is depressed. But we're not on an island. We're not in a prison. So it brings perspective as we pray together. We can encourage and build each other up to see how these life experiences are not unique, but they're also possibly, maybe they're part of God's plan to renew heaven and earth, to to bring it together. It's how he does this sometimes. And we just think about like the suffering, the hardship, the struggle that Jesus experienced, right? That's the clearest example. All of that struggle, hardship, everything that happened to him, 
the physical torment, the spiritual torment that he experienced. What was the purpose? To redeem. Right? That, that was the means by which God operated. And sometimes it's true in the lives of humans. Great suffering and struggle brings renewal. And it brings blessing. And it brings redemption. So, back to this Greville Wynn guy. They kind of, and this is basically true, they, they kind of credit him and the, the Soviet spy, to a lesser degree, with having made it possible to avert nuclear rocket exchange between the Soviet Union and the United States, which would have just decimated the world. So his suffering brought this redemptive sort of aspect and this salvation type of aspect where people were saved from horrible, terrible things. And it's just a little sign that this is the way of Jesus. Like suffering brings redemption. And so sometimes prayer, as, as, we, as we gather together, we, we gain that perspective that is really hard to gain in, in other ways. And so we're aligned with that, those, the purposes, the plans, the eternal realities of God. So just to summarize, prayer is seeking renewal. It's seeking renewal. It's seeking alignment. It's seeking renewal for others. And it's being renewed ourselves. It's seeking the renewal of all things. And that's, that's, our, that's our serious theme, is renewal. And it, it does this because when we pray, we are calling heaven to come to earth. We're calling God to do on earth as he does in heaven. And that's a good thing. And so we, we take part in this great divide, right? this great gulf that exists. We take part in, in bridging it, in, in closing that gap when we pray. So here's my, uh, it's not really a tip. I'm not into tips very often. Uh, my, my observation, if you will, for prayer, prayer. As you pray, as we pray together, how, how can we think in a way um, as you pray just maybe stop and how is this how is this prayer connected to the experience of calling heaven to earth of living out the prayer command that Jesus gave us to pray that as things are in heaven Make, make them true here on earth. How can we see our prayer as entering into that great dynamic? So that's my uh, that's my observation, my tip, if you will, if you like tips. And um, I'm going to pray here, but I would just like to offer a moment for you to 
to be silent maybe and to think um, where's an area of, of, of prayer either you as an individual or, or corporately where we can focus and, and think about I, I really need and desire and want for that situation to be informed by a heavenly reality. I'm going to pray that heaven would come to that situation. And I don't know what that means will happen with it. But I want I want to pray in a way that calls heaven down into that. And that's that's what prayer is. So I'll give you a moment and then I'll I'll close with a prayer. Our Father in heaven, may your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth. In this life, in our lives, as we go throughout this week, as we have struggles, as we have success, as we have confusion, as we have clarity, may your will be done in all of those things as it is in heaven. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Danny. We're, go- we're going to take communion in a moment. I'd actually like to invite us, um, before we do that, to, to pray the Lord's Prayer together. Before we pray, um, I want to extend just that that invitation Danny just gave to continue to reflect. I wrote down a few as, as Danny was speaking that the notion of asking for more heaven on earth, kind of that, that sense of renewal. I wrote down some common categories um, that come up in prayer. And I just want to, his invitation to reflect on an area that you want to pray for more heaven in your life. I don't know if one of these categories fits that, but I'm going to read them um, in the hopes that maybe it'll help bring something to the surface for you. But a common one, uh, especially right now, is health. There's an area in which you feel a gap between heaven and earth in your body. Um, and of course, that can be physical, but it can also be um, an emotional emotional or spiritual gap that you feel um, in a sense of health. Um Uh, another category is is more um, tangible needs. If you or your family have financial gap, uh, practical needs, things like childcare, things like car not working, you know, practical areas. Do you need to experience or wish to experience more of heaven in those gaps? Um, a third one is relationships, community. Is there an area? a particular relationship in which you want to be able to extend forgiveness um, 
but you haven't been able to yet? Is there any, a relationship in which you feel hurt? An area, a relationship in which you know you have, you have hurt someone. And you need to ask for forgiveness, potentially. These can all be gaps between heaven and earth um, that we feel in our connections with other people or lack of connections with other people. So health, practical needs, relationships with others. And the last thing I want to offer to reflect on is the notion of confession. Um, I think that all of these things, and more, there's, there's other categories as well, of course. This is not an exhaustive list, but in each of these areas, I would invite you to consider, to consider the idea of confession. Um, confess whatever it is that the Lord has brought to the surface for you in prayer. Um, confess it not only to God, of course, but to, to someone, to a family member. If one of these relationships that I mentioned came to mind for you, maybe a confession to that person. Um, I just want to invite you to that. And we're going to be talking about community groups after we take communion, but those can also be places of this kinds of prayer, corporate prayer, corporate confession together. I think, I really think, I just want to emphasize again, this asking for heaven. I really believe, I talked last week a lot about how we cannot control renewal and we we dare not slip into that mindset that we can control God's renewing of us. But man, I have a longing and a, and a belief that the more that we as a community, everyone in this room, people who can't be here today, the more that we ask for more heaven on earth, man, I just believe we will, we will experience renewal. I really, really believe that. And I, I pr- pray and proclaim that in faith for us. So before we take communion, which can be also an act of prayer, um, I invite us to say the Lord's Prayer together. And just so we're all using the same language, let's use the uh, word trespasses in the, in the final uh, phrases. But pray the Lord's Prayer with me. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. If um, maybe Doug and Joy, if you could come up front to hand out the communion elements, um, that'd be great. Thank you. Um, they're going to come around and uh, hand out uh, a cup and a wafer to to you. If you would like to not like to take one, just indicate that to them as they come around. And I'd ask you to wait until everyone has one before we take them together. I'll guide you through it. But I invite you to, in addition to everything that we've said that has been said about prayer, I invite you to consider this act is a specific act. We do it every week. It brings us back to um, really the center of the Gospels, the centrality of the cross in, in the specific way in which God acted to open up, um, to heal the breach, to begin to heal the breach between heaven and earth that Danny spoke about. So as we pray, 
And as we ask for heaven to come on earth, we are asking, we are praying to the Father of Jesus who was on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's a specific source of heaven and a specific Lord um, that we are praying to. And as we take communion together, we remember what that king did. We remember that that king's throne is a cross. And in this way, we remember not only his sufferings and his shame, um, but his love for us to such an extent that this king would do this for us. And we remember the last night Jesus was with his disciples, in which he said, this is my body broken for you, and this is my blood, the new covenant shed for you. So I invite you now in a spirit of prayer, in a spirit of asking for more heaven on earth this morning, I invite you to open up the cup. Um, Open up the wafer at the top and dip it into the juice and take and eat together in remembrance of our Lord and Savior.